There was no panic because you can't afford to panic, you know. But having said that, I don't think anybody would say, oh, we knew we were going to win. We knew we were going to be able to come back. We just, uh, uh, we knew what we had to do to, to try to make that happen. Tim Thomas, after last night's Bruin win that has them up two games to one on the Washington Capitals, joining us on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE, our friend and a terrific hockey analyst, Gord Klusak. Hello, Gord. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. You know what? I'm going to pose to you the question that I posed to Jerry this morning a little bit after 6 o'clock. In your estimation, Gord, what is more important in this Bruins-Cap series right now? The fact that a Holtby seems to be cooling off a little bit or the Bruins are heating up, and I mean both offensively and under the collar. I, you know, I think it's some of both. Clearly, Holtby looked like uh, for the first time he was fighting the puck occasionally and showing a little, a few signs of nervousness and maybe being out of position. And as I said on the broadcast last night, kind of Luongo that one goal by Peverly. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> but I think that. Um, the Bruins also needed needed to open it up a little bit. I mean, the Capitals were playing such ultra-conservative hockey, keeping everything to the outside. The Bruins, uh, I think when you look at a team like the Capitals with the type of offensive talent they have up front, sort of puts you a little bit back on your heels. I think that's not that's not the Bruins' game. The Bruins' game is, is, uh, is really pursuing the puck in the neutral zone, going after the Capitals down low, creating have it, getting the puck back to the blue line, you know, getting it through on net and fighting for rebounds. That's what we saw a lot more of in Game 3 than we saw in Games 1 or 2. Speaking of physical play and, and, and fighting and that kind of stuff, maybe Dale Hunter can't help himself, but if you uh, want to poke the bear, to steal the expression from Jack Edwards, doesn't that sort of play into the Bruins' hands when you rile those guys up and have them play that way? Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't really seem like a good idea to give a sort of, you know, a crying motion to Mila. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, but you know what? Listen, this is a, it's a series that uh, it, it probably lacked a little emotion the first couple of games, especially compared to some of the other series that were going on. But now it's starting to pick up. I think the gravity of the situation is, is starting to uh, be very clear to both teams, and they're uh, you know they're starting to starting to have the type of things that happen in the playoffs, and, uh, and some of it is verbal and some of it is physical, and, uh, and, and I think that's good. I think uh, both teams are, 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 uh, are, are amping up their game, and that's exactly what should happen. All right, they're down. The cap's down 2-1, Gord. If they get down 3-1 or if they get down a couple goals, what will Dale Hunter's team do? Will they revert to – will they go all Penguins on us, and will we see a game like we saw in the Penguins-Flyers series? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't uh, listen. I, I'm not the big. I'm not a big Dale Hunter fan. I never uh, was very impressed with the way he played as a player, uh, mainly because he was he was dirty. And I, I don't mind a guy playing tough and aggressive, but when that, when he would uh, cheap shot or attempt to injure guys, that that just goes way across the line, and I had no respect for that. But I don't see that happening in this series. I mean, I. You see the occasional cross check. I think Backstrom clearly. Um, I, I'm I'm almost positive that will that suspension will be rescinded. I mean that kind of thing happens a lot. Uh, I think it was a match penalty was was too extreme. It was, so it would be my expectation that that will that will uh, that will be uh, rescinded. But I, I you know I think I don't think you're going to see uh, you know some of the brawling uh, that we've seen in other series. I mean I, I I think you'll see the other series start to tone down too as the games get more and more important. 
you just see less and less of that. And I think that's what the, you know, this series is already well along. Oftentimes you see it in the first few games of the series. And, Gord, maybe my memory's uh, foggy here, but when you played, did every time someone touched another, uh, touched the opponent's feet or shins or legs with their stick, did the player go down, and was it always two minutes for tripping? <laughs> I tell you, Jerry, I'm, uh, I, I'm, the, the whole diving, flopping stuff uh, is starting to bother me more than it ever did. And it, uh, uh, you know, listen, what, what's the worst thing all of us when we watch the World Cup soccer hate? It's the flopping. And if we right. get if that creeps more into our game, the league has to do more, has to do something with it. I mean, they have to embarrass guys. They have to go out and, and, and have a top 10 diving list. I don't know, whatever they do, but they've got to get it out of the game. I, I got uh, an idea, Gord, I got an idea. How about not call it? I mean, they called four trips. I don't think any of them were trips in your day or, you know, yeah. the 70s, 80s, even 90s. I don't think they were trips back then. Now, every time a guy goes down, if the stick's anywhere near his feet, trip. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what's happening, Jerry, is that the, the league, given what's gone on in some of these other series and how out of hand it's gotten, has obviously told the referees – to call these games extremely closely. I mean, I watched the Vancouver LA game the other night, and there was a bunch of calls. There's no way that those should be calls in the NHL playoffs. I mean, sort of incidental contact, somebody goes down, and even the Backstrom little uh, shove on, on Marshawn late in the game. I mean, that's, uh, uh, listen, it was to the Bruins' advantage, but still, you just hate to see calls like that. Uh, where the referee uh, is is making calls that that really that really shouldn't be made, especially in the playoffs. But almost by one hundred percent unanimity, guys in the National Hockey League decry and loathe that flopping unless it's one of their guys. Right. Do you think Marshan flopped on that call that you just mentioned? I don't think he flopped. I mean, I think he got he got hit a little bit, and I uh, I hope he didn't flop. I didn't I didn't it, it's I didn't occur to me at that time. When I was watching that, that he fought. Listen, the Bruins aren't perfect. I know that, but I think on the margin they play the game more like it should be. I mean, look at the NHL. All you have to know about the Bruins, in my opinion, is the NHL players were pulled and asked for the three, you know, rank the toughest guys in the National Hockey League. When you say tough, you say guys that play the game right, mm. not the guys that play the game dirty or nasty. And the top three tough guys in the league, rated by the players, were were Lucic, Char, and Thornton. And those are the guys that set the tone, the physical tone for the Boston Bruins. And that's not sort of flopping, uh, cheap shots, anything like that. That's that's not the way they play. Hey, Gord, going forward, is the uh, Carl Alsner crybaby moment just a laughable kind of footnote of this thing, or is it is it more toward the Burroughs finger biting of of uh, Bergeron last year to inspire some of the Bruins to respond? Well, I don't think it's quite as bad as biting the guy's finger, but I still think it's ill advised. I mean, the Bruins. Uh, Milan Lucic, I think, is such a key, key player for this team. I mean, a lot of times we think the Bruins are, are this big physical team, but if you really look at their forwards, especially with Nathan Horton out, with Adam McQuaid out of the lineup, those are two big physical guys yep. the Bruins are really missing. They're not overly physical. The one guy they have up front that can really punish players, can really make a defenseman look, look over his shoulder, and the Capitals have a lot, you know, whether it's Green or Weidman, guys that aren't overly physical, to get Milan Lucic even more riled up than he already is, I don't think that's going to work to the Capitals' advantage. Do you, do you, if, if you were Dale Hunter, would you want Ovechkin to be this physical? I know Boudreaux didn't want him uh, to mix it up this much. Is he more effect- Does he just have to be himself and be the player we saw last night, or would you want him to be more 
concerned with self-preservation and, you know, scoring goals. Well, you know, listen, I think he, uh, you, you love the way he plays from a physical perspective. I mean, he leads the team in hits to, to have a superstar that, that, that does that, I think, is, uh, is important. I mean, he's six foot three, 230 pounds. I mean, he is devastating body checker. And I think he needs to punish the defenseman when he has the opportunity. I do think he goes out of his way a little bit. And I do think that he plays way too much kind of one-on-one hockey, forgets that he has teammates out there. And he needs to start to use them more because if you're just trying to beat Seidenberg and Chara one and one all the time, that that's not gonna that's not gonna work. Now he scored one incredible goal last night, but I think if he learned to use his teammates more, that would open up the ice for him. And when he has open ice, look out, he's devastating. Gord, with all due respect to Chara's goal and two assists last night, what letter grade would you give him and his defense partner, that matter, uh, for Ovechkin outdistance both of them for that incredible goal you just talked about, and also that breakaway goal later in the game, I think tied it at three. Two mistakes by that defensive duo. Yeah, you know, you're right. That uh, They probably uh, would both like to have both of those back. I mean, it was the bouncing puck through the neutral zone. I think they're so focused on not letting Ovechkin get behind them, and right. he certainly got behind them. And then on the light goal, I mean, I think uh, – when you get too preoccupied with Ovechkin, you watch out, and, and he really sort of slept in behind him, or snuck in behind him. So I think, you know, listen, those guys can they, those guys can play better. They can play tighter. I mean, I thought Chara played a little out of control at times, and uh, and had a couple minor penalties. And I think he's got to watch that. I mean, he's such a they need him on the ice in every situation, especially in penalty killing situations. But on the other hand, uh, you know, those guys, one that I love about this team, this Bruins team, which I think is a really difference in this series, is that, you know, I think the Capitals are pretty, are pretty, a, a pretty tight group, right? They haven't had much success in the playoffs. They have all this talent. They've never really been able to do much. I think they're feeling tremendous pressure. On the other hand, the Bruins are the Stanley Cup champions. And when you see Seidenberg before the game, you know, he's kind of got a smile on his face. He's, uh, you see Tim Thomas after the game sort of laughing and joking. You have the chain going around. I mean, this is a team that is very serious, very professional, but they also know that it's about having fun and enjoying yourself and enjoying the moment. I think that gives them a tremendous advantage. And Dennis Seidenberg's a great example of that. I mean, there he was. He got beat on a couple of goals. But who's the guy taking chances, pinching down the boards, right. going after it in the over, you know, and setting, helping set up uh, both Ralston's goal and Chara's goal? by being very aggressive, even though in a lot of situations, the defenseman that got burned like that in a couple of times, they, oh my God, I can't do that. I got to, I got to sit back, sit back. Not him, not this team. I mean, they're going for it. And I think that's a, that's a, that's one of the, one of the sort of uh, real advantages this team has. Kevin Paul DuPont's analysis this morning in the paper was, and he used the old analogy, the reason bank robbers rob banks is that's where the money is. The reason goal scorers hang out in front of the net, that net, that's where the goals are. And I guess we saw a little bit more of that. His point is that rarely do blasts from long distance make their way through. But when you have you know, Chris Kelly and Ralston as a great example on that particular goal, jamming up and everything in, in front, their legs, their arms, their bodies, their screens, their shields, the goaltender can't see, you're more likely to score that way. Do you agree with that philosophy? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's. The, I mean, that even the. I think the best Bruin forward, in my opinion, in this series so far has been Benoit Pouliot. And who's the guy that's been around the net? Who's the guy that's really right going at throwing his body in the in there? And and you know you're going to get hit. You know you're going to get knocked around. But you're you're going after. You're looking for loose pucks. And whether Pie's goal, Ralston's goal, both of that. I mean, Ralston's. Uh, uh, goal was of just a little kind of flip shot from right. the blue line. It kind of worked its way through, and he's there for the rebound. 
And Paye's goal wasn't like we just kind of a rip from the blue line and hope he kind of mishandled it, and there you are. So exactly, those those are the kind of goals that you score in the playoffs. Uh, uh, and I think you know that's why you're just you're just going to see more and more of that. I mean, Tyler Sagan, you don't see a lot of the the beautiful uh, tic tac toe passing plays in the playoffs, and I think Tyler Sagan can do more. But I mean, it's it, it's more about the guys that are going to get in there and grind and look for those. Uh, Look for those, as we used to call them, garbage goals. Hey, you're a you're a Bruins guy, a former Bruin, but you're a hockey fan and a sports fan, Gord. Will you be disappointed in at all if they don't face Philadelphia in the next round? <laughs> well, you know, I was. Uh, this shows you what I know. I thought Pittsburgh would be the team to beat. So they're. Uh, I think the Philadelphia series would be a tremendous series. I mean. I don't see uh, – I wouldn't be uh, that encouraged if I'm the Philadelphia Flyers, though, giving up the goals they're given. Right. I don't think they have a chance against the Bruins if they play that – if they get that kind of goaltending and that kind of – and play that kind of defensive hockey. You know, it would be a – they've shown a lot of character and they've come from behind again and again, and, and they're a team that seems to be uh, very, very into the moment and uh, and really up to the challenge. But uh, they have some defensive and goaltending problems and uh, – and I don't think that's a formula for long-term playoff success. What, what did you think of Game 3? I asked this question yesterday and today. Uh, in the league office, were they watching that saying, this is what we Penn's need? Penn's Flyers you're talking about. It was the mo- Game 3 in the Penn's Flyers. It was the most entertaining, riveting mayhem I, I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But it was close to, you know, just a street fight. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was rollerball. Is that good for the league or, or not? Uh, you know, listen. I've been I've been disturbed by some of the stuff I've seen. I mean, I, I I said it on the broadcast last night. I said when when you get like Hagelin going after Alfredson, when you have sweet on sweet violence, you know things are getting <laughs> a little out of hand, right? Uh, and uh, and and the Pittsburgh game. Listen, going blindsiding guys like Neil did the the high the cross checking the the blindside hit that Neil uh, I think it hit Couturier was really. One of those things. I mean, Couturier's had some concussion problems. Boy, oh boy, that 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 kind of goes uh, over the line a little bit. And I, listen, I think the game can be wildly entertaining and extremely physical, and it can be, and it can be all of those things. But the head shots, the blind shots, boy, I, I think that that is uh, that is something that the, the league has to really clamp down on. And by the way, so do the coaches and the players. I mean. You, you don't have to. What world are you living in when you think it's a good thing to like Hagelin to run and jump here, like a Swedish icon and elbow him in the head when all these players are having their careers threatened with concussions? I mean, there's a, there seems to be a little disconnect there, and I think the league has to has to make sure that that kind of stuff, the head shots in particular, the cheap shots, the blind shots, they don't have to be part of the game. The game can be. Can be physical. It can. There can be fights uh, that are that are that are born out of the emotion of the competition, but the premeditated cheap shots, uh, the Karkner going after Boyle stuff. I mean, I think the league has to has to try to keep that under control as best they can. Gord, final question: For all the years you played the game and watched the game and loved the game, have you ever seen anybody quite like Chara when these post whistle scrums and frays are breaking out? And if he's not a principal in the original action? have the ability to walk in and just start picking guys out of the pile and separating and calming those roiling waters. Did anybody else come close to Charles' ability to kind of calm things down and separate guys like that? No, I mean, it's like Andre the Giant stepping into the middle of every scrum, right? I mean, half the guys are coming up to his shoulders, and it's uh, he is, and he grew a beard in about a day and a half. I don't know how that happened. Testosterone, right? baby, testosterone. He is one intimidating guy. 
and uh, he's there for his teammates, and uh, things tend to calm down pretty quickly when he steps into the middle. And uh, and listen, he's a, he's a marvelous competitor. He's an extraordinarily conditioned guy. Both him and Seidenberg are, and that's just such an advantage that Claude Julian has to to have two guys that uh, even though they made a couple of mistakes last night, they came back and. At, at, at the critical time of the game and really won the game for the team. So they're, they're both so, so physical, and, and Chara is, uh, is, is really such a, 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 an intimidator that uh, he's, uh, he's a great, great asset to have. He makes everybody on the team about four inches taller. Will, would, would Chara uh, ever allow himself to go 100% balls to the wall in a, in a one-on-one fight with somebody? Have you talked to him about this, or does he, does he have to hold himself back so he doesn't kill somebody? Well, I've seen him get into some fights, and I'll tell you what, it's, uh, I, I don't know what you'd do if, you're, if you ever got in a fight with a guy. I always loved being the tall guy in a fight. You've got to hold somebody out. But, oh, my God, it would be, uh, that would be a scary thing. And I think, you know, listen, he, he plays hard in, in a lot of times when uh, we, you, want him to, you want him to drop the gloves, and we've seen him do that occasionally. But, uh, he, you know, he's not a guy that, uh, that needs to do that a lot. Um, you know, he'll do it, and uh, we've seen it. But he's also a guy that uh, if he has somebody down and out of camera, I think it was Buffalo this year. Some guy had the unfortunate uh, thing of, of, I think it was Regeer fighting him. And, you know, he had him down in a very vulnerable spot, and he stopped. And I think that means a lot right. around the league and means a lot and, and says a lot about uh, Zidane Char or Milan Lucic. And that's why, that's why players respect them and uh, – and uh, and uh, and that he's just you know he's not a he's not the kind of guy that if he ever had somebody in an extremely vulnerable position would uh, it would really hurt him and I think that uh, that was something as a player you always looked for it was the guys that were just a little squirrely and you didn't know what they would quite do if you were ever in a situation mm. uh, that you you sort of uh, you always kept an extra eye on. Plus, to get into a fight, you need a willing dance partner, and there aren't a lot of those when Char is ready to go. I suspect. Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. Gord, great talking hockey with you. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you down the road, my friend. All right, guys. Let's hope it keeps going. Gord right, Kluzak with Dennison Callahan. Tonight on Nesson, by the way, the Sox open a two-game series with the defending American League champion Texas Rangers. Join TC, Jerry Remy, Don Orsillo, and Jenny Dell at 6 p.m. only on Nesson. Gord joined us on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE, with speeds up to By 10 times faster than 3G, AT&T Rethink Possible. They get, Nesson has game four, right? Correct. What night? Thursday. 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 They're going to get huge numbers. You know why? The lead-in. They follow the Bobby Valentine show. Well. I mean, ooh. people are just going to hang around for the Bruins That's game. That's called good programming, it Jerry. Is.